Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Woodsong Podcast, episode number one. I'm your host, Sam Larson, here, and I'm really excited to be getting this podcast going for you guys. I'm trying to do as much video uh, and audio as possible, so hopefully we'll get her up on iTunes, SoundCloud, as many other things as we can kind of find. Um, I'm hoping to do a lot with it. I'm really looking forward, actually, probably more than anything, uh, is I'm looking forward to doing interviews with folks in the industry. And for those of you guys who have known who I am, what I do, uh, what I enjoy doing, you know this is going to be a wilderness living skills themed uh, podcast show. And I'm really excited to share some things that just haven't been covered by sort of the uh, the mainstream survivally crew uh, out on the internet as of right now. There's a lot of good information. Uh, A lot of the good information that's out there is not very popular. It doesn't get seen very often in this world. And then there are just a lot of folks out there that are living in the outdoors. They've been doing so for decades uh, and they've just never kind of conformed to the internet space. And that's great for them. You know, I, I think it's really cool that they can just kind of live their lives out and, and uh, not have to worry about coming into town or uh, associating with goofy technology stuff. But uh, in the meantime, there's this whole world of kind of young budding uh, wilderness dudes and dudettes that are looking for an outlet, you know, an outlet to learn about the woods and to learn about wilderness skills, what it takes to to live a lifestyle in the woods. And maybe they think that you got to be some kind of cool survivally dude at the moment, uh, you know, and like that's the pinnacle of what you can be. Uh, that's what I thought growing up, you know, Bear Grylls was kind of my, my hero until I, until I actually went off and went to guide school and started learning how to live in the woods myself. Uh, at that point, uh, it kind of changed, but, uh, you know, younger folks these days, as they're getting into this world, or even folks of any age, where's the first place you check for information? Generally speaking, it's the internet. <laughs> you know, it's the days of going to your local library and checking the Dewey Decimal System for for uh, you know, your favorite book on the topic are long gone. Um, and there's a lot of bad literature, unfortunately, uh, to boot on top of that, that they could run into on this genre. And so I decided to kind of take the take the bull by the horns if I can and try to get some of this information released in podcast form. And I'll also be doing some videos on my YouTube channel um, in, in the coming weeks and months, but uh, mostly just really excited to introduce the internet to this world of uh, up, up until this point undisclosed uh, wilderness folks. Uh, So I'm really happy about that. Uh, Another goal that I have with this podcast is to basically take away the demeanor of a cocky, uh, rough and tumbly kind of outdoorsy guy. You know, you all that stuff is for show. It's all Hollywood. You don't have to be this this tough looking tattooed up person. Tattoos are fine. Got nothing against it. But uh, it's not a requirement. There's no gatekeeper saying you have to be some some tough person. Um, there are a lot of tough people. You know, you wouldn't necessarily think that if your only outlet for outdoor information was the current state of like the internet. So, a lot of folks online 
seem like they're experts, so to speak. And, uh, you know, for all we know, they're just weirdos in their mom's basement. And it's time to really uh, be able to have a, a conversation about the wilderness without having any kind of egotistical uh, mindset going into things. Uh, one of my favorite things that anyone has ever said, uh, said by my friend Alan Kay, who for those of you guys know, he was on uh, the television show Alone on the History Channel with me. And it was, uh, what Alan says is, your ego is not your amigo. And it's it's very true. And the true uh, kind of key factor in knowing, in my mind, if someone is a savvy wilderness person or not, is how much ego they have. Usually if someone has this enormous ego, when it comes to going in the woods, they've never been humbled. And if you've never been humbled by the woods, you've never gone into the woods for any considerable amount of time and actually challenged yourself. So um, that is that. That's what we're going to do here. Um, it's going to be a really fun uh, time to kind of answer questions from you guys that you ask from week to week. I will have guests. I will have topics that I talk about. I'll try to make them things that people aren't really talking about today. We're going to try to uh, keep the whole... Uh, you know, what's the best bushcraft knife, etc. We're going to try to keep that out of the system here. There's enough jibba-jabba uh, when it comes to that kind of stuff. And uh, to get started, I told everyone that, uh, you know, episode one is going to be a question and answer for alone. And I haven't done one of these in a long time. Uh, so these questions are probably going to range everywhere from, uh, you know, episode one questions from a little throwback to 2015 up until uh, the end of season four, uh, which just got over this uh, end of the summer. And uh, a lot of folks have you know, varying opinions on any of these and great questions to boot. So I picked four of the questions that were on there. Thanks for everyone who asked questions on my Facebook page. I appreciate it. Um, I, I just wanted to kind of keep this one short. So I picked the top four. Uh, some of them I just, I don't want to touch on at all just because it's, it's a, a subject where you know, if I know something about something and I'm not supposed to tell people, blah, 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 you know, I, I don't want to get, uh, I don't want, I just don't want to mess with it. And so I, I found, I guess some of my fa favorite questions and questions that I think have been asked a lot. So let's get started with the Q and a for, uh, alone. First question comes from Tom the Barber Dash Boise. Gotta love the name and the title. I love it. I gotta change my I gotta change my page like that. Tom the Barber slash Boise. Are they going to go back to the regular format on alone? One person. That's alone. Um, excellent question. And there's no shortage of people asking that uh, among the alone fans that are existing out there. And I can confirm um, that at least the next season or season or two or whatever they're thinking of doing uh, will not include the two-person system. They're going to go back to just having it solo, at least for the, for the fifth season. And the reason we know that is because the president of Left Field Pictures, the production company that produces alone, uh, Sean Witz is his name, Sean, Sean, uh, we'll call him Sean, uh, nice guy. He was doing an interview about it. He was very candid in what he said. And he said, yeah, you know, people weren't really digging the two person thing. We're going to go back to one person. And uh, you'd be surprised how much the producers of the show actually do listen to the chit chat that's going on um, 
online, you know, word of mouth and things like that. They really do listen to it and it affects decisions that are made. So at least the next season, just going to be solo folks. Um, and I enjoy that format better. Um, although, uh, I gotta say, I enjoyed season four, particularly the last three episodes. I thought they were just really, really solid. I cared very much about the, the individuals that were out there doing it. And, uh, I, I just, I only have positive things to say, uh, particularly about how the season ended, um, Say what you will about kind of the the initial uh, break in, I guess, of of the two person idea behind alone. But uh, yes, I like the one person better. But I really enjoyed uh, the last few episodes. I, I thought it was an awesome effort by all the participants. Um, everyone had a soft spot for the Whipples. Everyone loved the you know the the Brockdorfs, how they were doing so well, and and it was beautiful just to see a father and son interacting the way that they were and then with the uh with the Baird brothers um, they just were were knocking their heads against brick walls and not giving up they were just just plowing through and so I, I think everyone likes kind of that admirable never give up attitude that they saw in the Bairds and so uh for me awesome season I loved it but yes they're going back to to one person according to that one interview with Sean Question numero two from Cat. Well, it's either Cassie or Casey. Uh, we'll call her Cassie uh, Squires Walker. Uh, did your time on the show expose any weaknesses you didn't realize you had or conversely help highlight strengths you were unaware of previously? You know, practice versus the real thing. Um, so I think, I think what they're getting at here is you know what hindsight being 2020 what is actually huh hmm. i'm trying to think of what what the best way to to answer this would be um did it expose weaknesses absolutely um you Never know what your strengths and weaknesses are unless you push yourself. And uh, of course, it sounds cliche to say that, but it's true. And in a situation where you're pushing yourself every single day, well, every day you're exposing a new weakness and a new weakness and a new weakness. And uh, for me, it was definitely uh, a weakness was not seeing that maybe my shelter location uh, wasn't very ideal. I was right out there off the Pacific Ocean, not an ideal place to, to be during the cold British Columbia winters. Uh, we had been told at that point you know, before going out that the storms really didn't get that bad. It just happened to be one of the worst years uh, in the in the last century, according to some of the folks we talked to. So that was a definitely something I looked at and said, man, I really should have been better at that. Um, but then strengths that I was unaware of, yeah, I, I had no idea that I would actually last as long as I did. So I lasted 55 days that first, uh, you know, when I, when I was out there. And I didn't think I would last that long. Going into it, I had no idea how long I would last. I knew that I was gonna do my best. I knew that I was 
not going to give up for a, a bad reason, so to speak. Um, but I didn't know what my full potential was. I'd never done anything like that before. And plus, I was really young. I had just turned 20, 22. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I learned what my personal limits are. And for me, it was very much a transition from uh, from a youth into a, a grown man. And that's perfect timing because I had a kid just a couple months after, month and a half actually, after getting out. And it was a perfect introduction into adulthood, testing yourself, challenging yourself, forcing yourself to really work hard and to really just be the man, so to speak, to say, I can go the extra mile, I can do hard things. Uh, I'm not afraid of a challenge. And you could definitely say that the current generation, so to speak, the the millennials that everyone thinks they know so much about, um, they really do need a kick in the pants. And our primitive ancestors always had a kick in the pants. You know, they always had a rite of passage, so to speak. They were purposefully going out and challenging themselves, and that's something that our society no longer has. So, yes, definitely learned about you know new strengths, new weaknesses, and uh, so goes life. So the next question I think is a really good one. This is next question is from Steve, and. Steve asks, how does one get alone when you don't live near wilderness? I live near you in Omaha, Nebraska. I live in Lincoln, Nebraska, by the way. But I know people have this same problem all over the country, struggling to find any places to camp and practice bushcraft in a location that isn't overrun by other campers isn't located right next to a noisy interstate and has resources, wood, water, etc. So, Steve, that's a really good question, and it's something that I struggle with as well. I live very close to you, so I know exactly what you're going through. In our state, we don't have a lot of places where you can conveniently go and like practice bushcraft, so to speak. And what we have in Nebraska, uh, and I'm guessing anyone in the Midwest or like rural areas around the United States uh, have similar like agencies, I guess. But our, our system is called wildlife management areas. And so we have WMAs and they're little patches of land all over our area of Nebraska. The cool thing about WMAs is that you can camp on them whenever you want for up to, most of them say up to 14 days. It's a long time. The problem is most of them are pretty small, especially in the eastern part of the state. They get pretty big out in the western portion, but eastern part of the state, they're small um, and there's not that many of them. The number seems like a lot, but there are way, way more hunters. So if you're wanting to get out and explore the woods and have a nice, quiet, alone time in nature during hunting season, it becomes very difficult. Uh, And I 
know that as both a uh, a, an outdoorsman who likes to go out and just be alone in nature and as a hunter myself I constantly run into other hunters when I'm trying to hunt public land but the first thing you should do is look at your calendar and say when can I travel to a place where I can be completely alone in nature for me and Steve we're looking at driving probably at least seven hours to get to a place where you can do that so I can drive seven hours to either Missouri the northern Ozarks or Minnesota you know probably you know just north of the Twin Cities to get to a good patch of woods if I want to go an extra couple hours or so Colorado or Wyoming as well have dense wilderness areas preferably Wyoming Colorado's pretty densely populated so pick a time in your schedule to get away and to go to those places so that you can have a real pure wilderness experience and in the meantime what I would say is find the most quiet most private spot you can find within a half hour of your house and mark it out and say okay I'm gonna go visit that spot twice a month or something like that and if you get out there at least twice a month or so that usually can feed your passion a little bit and kind of satisfy the urge to be alone in the woods until you can get out and do a real good big adventure um, and I'm just I feel really fortunate to have had the opportunity to get out and have a lot of big adventures in places some people don't know this but before I was on the TV show I was at guide school up in Maine and I spent I think five weeks there the first time I went and you're completely out there in the woods and then I went back to be a teacher's assistant and I was there for three weeks that time and so find some time to be able to go out and spend a lot of days or even a couple weeks or more out in the woods if you have kids take your kids um, if your wife or you, whoever can watch your kids is okay watching them for that long they can watch them but it's it's a huge joy to have your kids out in the woods that's for sure um, it's not easy though uh, I really really wish sometimes that I lived in a place where I could just walk five minutes to the woods or a place where I could uh, man just go out my backyard and be in the woods I mean that that sounds like paradise to me right now because I, I would have to walk for <laughs> uh, 24 hours maybe before I got to any real woods from here uh, not that long but but yeah I would have to walk a long time I'm right near I mean downtown is like five minutes that way the biggest mall in town is like five minutes that way. I'm smack dab in the middle of a town of 300,000 people right now. And so I, I know it's difficult, uh, but it's a matter of pegging down, okay, where's a decent spot? And then kind of making that spot special to you, you know, a place where you can go and have alone time in nature to explore or, you know, carve or practice a bushcraft skill where you can be in semi-privacy you're probably not going to find a place that's a hundred percent private without getting private land but that's just that's just the downside of living 
where we live, where a lot of people live all over the US. All right, and here's our last final question. Dun, dun. It's a little bit comical. I, I wanted to end with this one. So question is from Cheryl Trainer. No relation to Megan. Trainer. Cheryl asks, how is it decided who is dropped where? Some seem to be dropped where food is more prevalent, or she said plentiful, than others. Good question, Cheryl. Um, in any wilderness area, there's going to be varying locations. We live in this society where there's a lot of straight lines. There's a lot of uniformity. You can, you can go around the corner and find a neighborhood that has 30 houses that are all exactly the same floor plan and layout. But the special thing about the wilderness is you don't get that. You don't get any of that redundancy. It's different through and through. The river is different. Even the same river will be different if you go uh, from week to week. And so it's what makes the wilderness special. But for a show like Alone, it does present a challenge in that how do we make it completely even when uh, we've got the wilderness, uh, a place that's not uniform. And... The only way to do it is to say, okay, we're going to make it as even as we possibly can. And we're going to review all the areas, make sure they all have a good water source, make sure they have a reasonable amount of land and space, and just make sure resources are as similar as possible. There's going to be some difference in there. And that's going to be the part that any real wilderness guy or gal is going to thrive on you know there, there's going to be differences in your resources maybe a guy who's more of a hunter type gets dropped in a place where there's a bunch of great wild edible plants and he only knows some of them maybe a person who is really good with plants gets dropped in a place where there's just tons and tons and tons of uh, of game running around so you have to be well-versed in every area of wilderness skills, or at least have some general understanding of them to make it uh, worthwhile and to be like a competitor, so to speak, in alone. But the funny thing is the site locations have to all be completely different and they have to be random. So to keep them random, to make sure they're not... Uh, favoring one person over another what they did for the first two seasons is they made little slips of paper numbered one through ten and they put them into fortune cookies and passed them out each participant had a fortune cookie broke it open saw their their number and that was their spot it should be noted that one through ten were the numbers but the spots weren't like one two three four five six seven eight nine ten they weren't like all next to each other so it's scattered around. The number meant nothing as far as the actual location resources. All that little number meant was that is one particular spot. And so it, it squared away your spot, but it gave you no other information. Uh, so the first couple seasons determined where to go by uh, breaking open a fortune cookie. What I'm told is that season three actually they baked the slip of paper into a cookie 
and then they bit open the cookie and had a, a piece of paper and you know that was their that was their location number so whatever number you had and i th i think i had location number nine uh when i was there nine or ten or something like that um i think i was nine and uh yeah i was nine so for whatever that means right that's my little patch of earth uh <laughs> so funny stuff uh, that that'd be determined by a, a fortune cookie and this huge thing where you're going to live for the next couple months or so. Anyhow, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate all your time. Um, we might even get some, some good lighting here next time we, we do the podcast. So I'm happy you guys were listening. Um, I'm blessed to have you guys' attention. And I hope you stick with me for some awesome, fun adventures throughout this whole experience. Thanks.